an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Do not, do not, I repeat, do not touch that dial. You heard the man. It's time for Fox Sports Sunday. and We've got a lot on the docket tonight. Let's get busy. On that note, please put your seat backs forward, your tray tables upright. We are ready for takeoff. My name is Bernie Fratto. I'm coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. We'll take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern, along with my savvy and capable crew, Ricky Herrera, Chris Perfett, and Brian Finley on the updates as they will man the ship from our Los Angeles compound. Again tonight, as usual, we are loaded to the gills. USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten. We'll get to it. The first LIV golf tournament on U.S. soil took place in Portland this weekend. It's in the books. Are they making some noise? We will we will discuss it. NBA free agency is raging. And let's not forget there are a billion little tidbits orbiting around the sports universe, including news in the NFL. By the way, I'm going to give later in the show, toward the end of the show, a quick final homage to the incredible dominance of the Colorado Avalanche, how they completely dominated the playoffs. And I promise, 
I promise. We are going to get to USC, UCLA. We're going to get to Kyrie and Durant. And, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about the hot dog eating contest, Nathan's hot dog eating contest later in the show. There's a lot on. There's a lot of meat on the bone there, pun intended. And I'll get to it. And there's several betting angles, believe it or not. That plus what kind of brand-new fool are you, what my name, right on down the line. But first, the gift that keeps on giving. I just think this is the biggest sport right now, and they've left us in limbo. I'm referring to the ongoing Deshaun Watson saga, and I want to give you the chronology and let's sort the crap from the manure on the story that never goes away. The bottom line, here's the headline. The Deshaun Watson wait is going to continue. And don't expect it to end anytime soon. Today is July 3rd. I think we're looking at at least another 10 days to two weeks before uh, Sue L. Robinson, former federal retired judge, uh, meets out justice, whatever that may be. So this past week, Deshaun Watson is hearing with the NFL and the NFLPA. Uh, it concluded. It began Tuesday, lasted a couple, three days. What happened? Well, Watson's team and the NFL, well, they attempted to reach a settlement on a disciplinary outcome. And that's a long-winded way of saying, could they agree upon a suspension to move forward during the hearing? But no, there was no agreement. So what happens next? Well, the appointed disciplinary officer, I just mentioned her name, Sue L. Robinson. Sue L's the middle initial. Uh, she has asked both sides to submit briefs stating their position. This is not uncommon in legal, uh, you know, uh, in legal motions, etc. And Robinson has given them a July 11th deadline. Dude, that that's a week from Monday. Okay, that's just to receive the briefs. After that. There is still no set deadline for a Robinson decision, so I would say two weeks at a minimum before we know what the outcome is and what Deshaun Watson's future in the NFL, at least the immediate future, vis-a-vis -vis the 2022 uh, NFL season as Cleveland fans and the Cleveland Browns organization wait in limbo. Now, I want to give a little chronology because there was a lot of mishigas flying around this past week, and someone... Someone floated out there that, quote, the NFL would, well, they might accept a six to eight game Deshaun Watson suspension. Okay. As a matter of fact, a gentleman on Tuesday, a gentleman named Rob Motti of the Associated Press, he sat in an unnamed source that reported that the league would be, quote, more likely to accept a six to eight game suspension of uh, Deshaun Watson and, and not appeal the decision to Commissioner Roger Goodell. But 24 hours later, People summarily rejected that scenario. Now, they, again, these are all anonymous remarks, but a lady by the name of Mary Kay Cabot, she covers the uh, Cleveland Browns. She has for many, many years, quite capably, for the Cleveland Plain Dealer. The source said, quote, the league is not budging on its position, that Watson should miss all of the 2022 season at a minimum. Now, it's unclear what all this means. My guess is that what this does is paint a picture for all of us watching from the outside looking in that within the NFL offices regarding the preferred outcome of this case, there's some disagreement. It could also reflect uh, the position that some people in the league wanted its willingness to not peel a suspension to be known publicly and others did not. So maybe there's gamesmanship here, okay? Regardless. From what I think I know about the NFL, and I covered it for a long time, part of the Lions pre and post, 
broadcast team from 98 to 2008, it's been my experience that the NFL never waives its collectively bargained rights voluntarily, right? They have retained the right, the NFL has retained the right to decide the appeal of Judge Robinson's decision. And using that power is going to be a reminder to the union that the league has the ability, and if the union wants the NFL to surrender that power, they're going to have to go back to the bargaining table and negotiate a new CBA. Now, the original report from the Associated Press said it felt like an effort to persuade Judge Robinson that her decision would be respected if it lands in the range of 68 games and that her ruling escapes appeal. That See, if they just do that, we'll just kind of Maybe everybody can move forward and have their conclo- uh, the closure, right? Because I, I don't know if anybody really wants an appeal, but you know if the, if the suspension is, a say, the full season minimum, you know darn well they're going to appeal, all right? Uh, it's possible that maybe that was discussed, but I, I, because of cl- conflicting reports, I, I just don't believe it, Okay. I don't, the league can claim that it never promised to appeal a decision, you know, in a range of 68 games. Or maybe this is just a ruse in getting Judge Robinson to think a moderate suspension wouldn't be challenged. Then there's the possibility that Judge Robinson, who's, I, I think, undoubtedly told both sides to leak nothing about Tuesday's proceedings. You know, and I think she made it clear at the outset of Wednesday's session, she was not pleased with this development. How that got out, who knows? Why it got out, who knows? And that's one of the realities of dealing with someone who has served as a federal judge for 25 years. They don't play, man. This is the big leagues. She won't hesitate to be candid. She won't hesitate to be direct. And if something happens, she doesn't condone. If something happens, she doesn't appreciate. You're going to hear about it. That's the bottom line. If someone from the league really believed that there's some kind of low-end Jedi mind trick that you're going to play on Judge Robinson, uh, yeah, you better pack a lunch. You're wrong. Now, this is an epic story that could go down in infamy for an organization, I'm talking about the Cleveland Browns, that is absolutely desperate for a winner. And desperate people do desperate things. Why in the hell would you reward Deshaun Watson for all of his hijinks with a $230 million guaranteed contract? You want him? Fine. No problem. No one doubts his talent. But it seems like they, I mean, do you, do you put three stamps on an envelope when you only need one? The Cleveland Browns, when they pursued and acquired Deshaun Watson, this is going to define their franchise for the next 10 years, minimum. All right? First, the pursuit led to Baker Mayfield, who actually led them to the playoffs in 2020. Baker Mayfield says, get me the hell out of here. Secondly, the trade for Watson cost the team a significant amount of draft capital. Third, Watson's contract is not only guaranteed, it has huge cap hits associated with it. And they may not even get the guy on the field this year. The final piece is still to be decided, and this whole discipline ongoing process uh, that Judge Sue Robinson will, will adjudicate once and for all, I'm guessing about two weeks from now, uh, will eventually at least give the Browns their fate for the 2022 season. I believe that the NFL is seeking an indefinite suspension with the possibility of requesting reinstatement after one full year. Now, the NFLPA may argue for no discipline, or at least there's they're going to say there's no precedence for such a lengthy suspension for Watson. But we're in different times. 
If you can't figure that out, everything has a context. And I absolutely believe that when you juxtapose what Major League Baseball did to Trevor Bauer, 324 games, I just don't think the NFL wants to be seen as an entity and an organization who is already megalomaniacal to be seen as an organization that is dismissive of the current state of women's rights and such that we are experiencing. And we've heard about the Daniel Snyder situation all the way down the line, okay? They've, they've got to take this very seriously, and there's only one way to prove it, and that's what kind of suspension Deshaun Watson gets. Now, if the NFL gets what it's seeking, the on-the-field impact could be the same as a one-year suspension, but off the field, for the fans, it's going to be significant, Okay. Already heading into this season, the Browns are having difficulties. Uh, everything has been completely overshadowed and shrouded by the, the, this whole unknown situation involving Deshaun Watson. People can deal with good news. People can deal with bad news. No one wants to deal with uncertainty. And this is totally an uncertain situation. An indefinite suspension with the chance to reapply or to apply for reinstatement after a year that would still continue the era of uncertainty because you don't know what, ha- what, what about 2023. And there are still four remaining suits that have not been settled. What about those? Now, if you're a fan, and you know how I feel about the city of Cleveland. I love it. It's a wonderful city, wonderful fans. I'd love to see them find a winner someday. How, if you are a Browns fan, Browns fan can you look forward to the 2022 season? How? Every game is going to be looked at the lens of what if? No matter what, but next season, is, is, it, it could be a worst-case scenario. What if Watson's not even eligible to apply for reinstatement until sometime in July of 2023? Again, I'm speculating now. Fans really can't even be – they won't. Cleveland fans won't even be able to enjoy the start of free agency because Watson, we won't know if he's reinstated or not reinstated, if he's suspended the whole year. And, uh, you know, they, they don't even know if they're going to have a quarterback. I, I think Baker Mayfield has been pretty clear about thinking the ship has sailed. And I think Jacoby Brissett's serviceable, but he's not going to take you to the promised land. And the also the, furthering the unknown aspect of this around Deshaun Watson, that's also going to impact free agents' decisions to come to Cleveland. And... It'll also be a big unknown related to their cap space with Watson's return when he returns, if he returns or when he returns. Now, the, Brown, the, the Browns fans have gone through this before with wide receiver uh, Josh Gordon. The Gordon questions hung over the team year after year. If, now, if, if Watson is indefinitely suspended, the Gordon experience will feel like a walk in the park compared to the lack of clarity resolve you know around Deshaun Watson and this is a star quarterback on a huge contract and the team gave up a ton of draft picks guaranteed 230 million dollars for the sake of the Browns fans all I think they want at this point is a clear definitive suspension whether it's a specific number of games uh in 2022 or it's the entire 22 season knowing that maybe he's back day one in 2023 having served his penance I'm just getting started on this subject, okay? As a matter of fact, what I'm going to do, I want to share with you some notable... This isn't the first time the NFL has has relegated it, it, what you would call an indefinite suspension. There's multiple players and organizations that I'll share with you that were the recipient of indefinite suspensions that had been previously issued by the NFL. Also, we had high hopes 
there was something about the July 4th weekend that brought high hopes that this might get resolved if past or prologue, and I have several examples too, that further cloudies and muddies the Deshaun Watson situation. So I've got a lot more to get to on this subject. I'm Bernie Frado, coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to, like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 you know what i'm saying like it could have been like easier and a lot of people have asked me like how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple and what else was it gonna like that's what the song wanted thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline are you looking to step up to a 4k smart tv one that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution then we've got good news for you because the vizio 65 inch v-series 4k smart tv is now just 348 with all your favorite apps built in you can stream straight out of the box you can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app looking for a smaller or bigger screen vizio offers unbeatable prices on all v-series 4k smart tvs head to walmart.com today and score the 4k tv you've been waiting for now we're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. We'll take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern time. We're just getting started talking to Sean Watson, the suspension decision. And what's interesting is while we all hope that this is in the books by the time 
training camps start, which could be anywhere July 23rd, 24th. In that area, you'll, teams will be in camp by then. Uh, I'm hopeful it'll be done by then, but history shows that we had reason to believe there could be hope for the good news that this is behind us somewhat over the 4th of July weekend. See, the 4th of July holiday is the biggest weekend of the summer, and, you know, you have pool activities and party and all that, but you now that we're in July, you still you really start to look forward to the NFL because this is the month where teams report to camp. And it's this has happened many times in the past that the NFL would like to sneak in uh, a Friday news dump, and it's a tactic to drop news that's pre- typically predominantly negative news because let's make no mistake, this is negative news when it, it, it you know regarding Deshaun Watson. But this is a time when people's attentions are diverted and you hit less eyeballs, and that diminishes the impact. But Friday's come and gone, but in the past, in the, past the NFL has always taken advantage of this maneuver. They're not afraid to deploy it. Fourth of, holiday, Fourth of July holiday weekend rolls around, and, you know, over the years, there have been players that have been suspended, big-name players. Uh, back in 2015, Antonio Gates, a, a star tight end for the Chargers, was suspended four games for PEDs. Uh, Aaron Jones, a Packers running back, four years ago, he was suspended two games for violating the NFL substance abuse policy. Julian Edelman, he got a four-game PED suspension that was upheld by the NFL four years ago. Um, how about last year? Or to check, no, check that. Two years ago, Washington announced the commencement of a thorough review of their new team name. And then just uh, last year, July 1st, 2021, the NFL fined Washington $10 million after concluding their workplace misconduct investigation. So there there was some hope. We held out hope that this weekend there might be an announcement on Deshaun Watson, but it was not to be. I believe an indefinite suspension is coming or a year-long suspension, or at least the 2022. That's what I believe the NFL is holding out for. Uh, I, I they can't mess around here. And again, part of the reason I think that is because there are still four lawsuits that have not been yet resolved. Deshaun Watson has settled 20 to 24. And I heard a couple weeks ago there could be even two more lawsuits coming, which would mean there would be six remaining. And what if those young ladies decide to hold out? They want their day in court. They want it on the record. They want the discovery process to emerge. Uh, we're going to talk about this a little bit more in depth next Saturday night. I'll have Dan Lust on the show. But be that as it may, uh, that is why I think an indefinite suspension remains what I would believe to be a logical conclusion because what if the NFL gets into this? And let's say, all right, just for purposes of this discussion, play along with me. Let's say he gets a 10-game suspension. And he's back on the field in November. All of a sudden, two more lawsuits emerge or something comes out of these new lawsuits, the NFL's got egg on their face. Or you get to next year, and there are a couple of holdouts who are just simply not going to settle. And if that's the case, I do not believe these would actually be heard in the court of law until the 2023 calendar year. Now, in the past, the NFL has handed down indefinite suspensions, coaches, players, staff members, for on-field and off-field incidents. This indefinite suspension concept is not new. As I share some of these with you, you're going to say, oh, wait, wait, I remember that. 
You probably remember right before Thanksgiving 2019 as the game was winding down between Pittsburgh and Cleveland, the Browns defensive end, Miles Garrett, ripped the helmet off of uh, Mason Rudolph, the quarterback for Pittsburgh, during a skirmish and swung it at him and partially struck him in the head. Now Garrett was suspended without pay indefinitely for a minimum of the remainder of the regular season and postseason for, and the NFL termed it as, violations of unnecessary roughness and unsportsmanlike conduct rules, as well as fighting removing a helmet of an opponent and using the, the weapon, check that, using the helmet as a weapon. In the end, Garrett missed the final six games. He was actually reinstated on February 12, 2020. But at the time, it was an indefinite suspension. I'm sure you remember Deflategate, that scandal back in 2016. <laughs> John Jastrzemski, you probably may or may not have heard of him, he was the team's equipment assistant. And Jim McNally, the official's locker room attendant, they were identified in a report by a league appointed attorney as the two Staffords who deflated the footballs. And they were given an indefinite suspension in May of 2015 and reinstated in September of 2015. So all, what, four months? The term indefinite doesn't mean it's going to be for life. It just means there's not a, a specific time frame. Again, I bet you remember... Again, it was right around Thanksgiving in 2014. Adrian Peterson, he was with the Minnesota Vikings at the time. He was he was suspended indefinitely after he pled no contest to misdemeanor reckless injury charges stemming from an incident in which he injured his four-year-old son while, you know, handing out some discipline. Now, Peterson, who was initially placed on the commissioner's exempt list, because he was facing criminal charges, he was indicted by a Texas grand jury. He missed the final 15 games of the regular season. But he also was given a, before the criminal charges were filed, Peterson was given an indefinite suspension for the remainder of the 2014 season. He eventually was reinstated, Adrian Peterson, in February of 2015. The list is long. Ray Rice in 2014, you all know what happened then. Right prior to the video's release, he had been initially suspended two games for violating the league's personal uh, conduct policy. However, however, he was reinstated after you know from his ind his indefinite suspension two months later because on appeal. Now he never played again, but again, Ray Rice was the recipient of an indefinite suspension. Richie Incognito. It's been almost ten years now with the Miami Dolphins in November of 2013. Uh, the NFL had a commissioned a, an investigation that stated that Richie Incognito and a, and a fellow offensive lineman had used racial insults and homophobic name-calling against other players. Uh, he was suspended uh, indefinitely for about six months, reinstated in 2014, but he didn't return to the NFL until 2015. So he missed almost a couple of years. And, of course, you remember Michael Vick back in 2007 – he was suspended indefinitely without pay after his admission of guilt in, for his role in the in the dogfighting ring. So, all the way back to Arch Schleister, Ray Carruth, the indefinite suspension is not something that is new to the NFL. It's something that actually has been employed quite a bit. Now, there's also a similarity in terms of the suspension and in terms of Team Watson and Team Tom Brady there are some similarities about how those teams might react after the suspension has been relegated. 
We're going to talk about that coming up in just a second. But first, let's go to Brian Finley with the latest. All right, Bernie. Appreciate that. Let's dive right into first Major League Baseball, where the Dodgers are winners against the Padres 7-2. That means that L.A. leads the NLS over San Diego by four and a half games. The Yankees sweep a doubleheader against the Guardians. The Rays win both games on Saturday against the Blue Jays. The Braves get it done against the Reds 4-1, to while the Astros slugging five home runs as they dominate the Angels 9-1. to The Cardinals hit back-to-back-to-back-to-back jacks to beat the Phillies in tight fashion 7-6. The Rangers sail past the Mets 7-3. Cole Calhoun, two home runs in the ballgame, including a three-run shot, four RBI for him to his stat line. The Cubs overcome the Red Sox 3-1. Boston was maligned with two airs. UFC 276 from Las Vegas. Israel Adesanya winning against Jared Cannonier by unanimous decision to remain heavyweight champ. And another big storyline from the event was Donald Cowboy Cerrone retiring. Now, he was beaten down by Jim Miller via submission, but Cerrone made it clear afterwards that he's done at this competition and taking part in UFC events. Quote, I don't love it anymore. I'm going to be a movie star, baby. Close quote. The Pelicans' Zion Williamson agrees to a max rookie extension with the team. Five years, $193 million. Incentives can boost that up to $231 million. As far as golf is concerned, the John Deere Classic threw three rounds up in Illinois. JT Poston is minus 19. He is your leader by three shots. He fired a 67 on Saturday, a 62 on Thursday. Has that three-shot lead looking to close things out later today. Brandon Grace wins the Live Tour event, the 54-hole event that finished up yesterday just outside of Portland, about 20 miles from downtown. Dustin Johnson was four shots back and Phil Mickelson made a mess of things out there on the course tied for 40th and was 10 over par. Back to Bernie Fratto. Alright, thanks Brian. So as we talk about the Deshaun Watson suspension, which I believe is imminent, there are some parallels you can draw in terms of how that Deshaun Watson team might react to the same way Tom Brady's team did when he was suspended back in 2015 for uh, Deflategate. Remember, from the time that Brady was actually suspended originally to the finality, it was over a year. And why? Because Brady's team took legal action. The court ended up ruling that the CBA did, in fact, provide Roger Goodell the authority to make the decision he made. And so if you want to see this convoluted even further, it's still possible that Watson and the NFL Players Association could take legal action if they don't like what they hear coming out of the suspension from Judge Sue L. Robinson. Again, we've had two grand juries that chose not to press charges. Watson has settled 20 to 24 lawsuits, still has four remaining. There were multiple leaks this past week that the NFL wants Watson suspended for a considerable amount of time with a full season and indefinitely being thrown around as the gold standard. Roger Goodell will hear any appeal as the arbitrator. If Sue Robinson finds the quarterback vile the personal conduct policy, it seems likely to me that the NFL will get what they want. I have no way of really knowing. There's too many moving parts. But it seems likely to me that the NFL will get what they want in 
issuing a full season suspension. So let's draw a bit of a parallel. When Brady had that situation happen to him during his suspension back in 2015, here's how it went down. In May of 2015, the NFL investigation concluded. Okay, so like we're in July of 2022. Eventually, this investigation will conclude. And I told you Judge Robinson wants those briefs from each side by July 11th. But within five days in May of 2015 of the NFL's investigation concluding for Brady's Gate, Brady was suspended for four games. Then three days later, the Players Association appealed the suspension on behalf of Brady. That took about five weeks, and then Brady's appeal meeting ended. On June 28th, Goodell held up Brady's suspension, but then on August 12th, Tom Brady's legal challenge began. That delayed things another month, and on September 3rd, the first judge involved in the case nullified the suspension. Do you remember this? And Brady was eligible to play week one in 2015. So from May to September, Brady suspended four games. The NFLPA appeals the suspension. Goodell upholds it. Brady's team takes it to court. The judge involved in the case nullifies the suspension. Fast forward all the way. Brady plays the entire season. The If you, if you recall the the uh, uh, the Patriots did not make it to the Super Bowl that year. That following year, I believe it was Super Bowl. I want to say it was Super Bowl Fifty. That was the twenty sixteen. That was uh, Peyton Manning beating. I want to say it was Peyton Manning beating Cam Newton. But I digress. In April of twenty sixteen, after different rulings and appeals, the suspension was then reinstated. So finally, in July of twenty sixteen, Brady accepted the suspension. That ended his legal objections, and they moved forward with their lives. But do you see what happened here? By legally challenging this in a court of law, by legally challenging this in a court of law, Tom Brady bought another year. So what if, again, I'm spitballing here. What if he suspended Deshaun Watson, and Team Watson says, we'll take the same Brady route? Now, if Sue Robinson or Roger Goodell and their decision leads to a year or more suspension, I do think it's possible that Watson's situation could see a similar timeline to that as Brady's. If everything went the same, if that were to happen, and these are ifs with a capital I, then Watson would be eligible to play in 2022 before a court rules, as they did with Brady, that the suspension is valid and the quarterback sits out 2023. Now, a lot's to be determined but looking back at the Brady case and what happened in 2015 where he bought another year, you can't rule that out completely. It's on the table. Coming up, one of the events a lot of people really look forward to, and yes, you can bet on it, and yes, as usual, there are plenty of backstories, is the 2022 Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. It starts at noon Eastern time on Monday, July 4th. You'll probably watch it. You know you will. Joey Chestnut's become an American hero of sorts. Hey, man, we're badass here in the United States. We we celebrate the 4th of July with hot dogs. We claim them as our own, even though hot dogs didn't originate from the United States. They originated from Vienna, 
back in the 1500s. And yeah, we separate, you know, we celebrate with apple pie, even though we didn't invent apple pie. That was Geoffrey Chaucer back in 1391 in London. Yeah, we may be free from British rule. We celebrate our freedoms. You know, we don't even mess around with the metric system, right? We have a foot long hot dog. We don't have a 30.5 centimeter hot dog. We have a 16 ounce beer. We don't have a 0.48 liter beer. You know, I mean, we, we give we, we, we give the the metric system the finger. That's how we roll here, right? It may be 95 degrees where you're at on Monday, not 26 degrees Celsius. Come on, man. Can you imagine Ray Bradbury writing a book called Celsius 232 instead of Fahrenheit 5? <laughs> Come on, man. This is the USA. It's how we roll. We have, you go to the movies, you get a monster-style popcorn and an industrial-stinked Diet Coke. It's only thirty nine ninety five, but you get free refills. And, you know, although, listen, we may not have invented the hot dog. We may not have invented apple pie, but we invented a lot of pretty cool things like the Etzel and the Martini and air conditioning and airbags and airplanes and, you know, two wrongs don't make a right, but two rights did make an airplane. All right, I digress. Coming up, we're going to talk about the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. I get your pens and pencils ready. I'm going to give you some stats you're going to want to hear about. You might get a kick out of some of this. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday and Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Right, we're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. Bernie Fratto coming to you live. From the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios, we'll take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. And uh, we're just hours away, actually, from the 2022 Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, which will be aired at noon Eastern on Monday, July 4th on that other network, and it'll be streaming. And by the way, I would also watch the women's contest as well. That'll be streaming at uh, 1045 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. Uh, by the way, this is <laughs> Joey Chestnut, our my dude, who set a world record with 76 hot dogs eaten in 10 minutes in 2021, one more than the 75 he ate the year before. He was on crutches and in a walking cast for the weigh-in Friday over at Hudson Yards in New York. Now, why is that? According to Joey Chestnut, he's not at 100% because he's recovering from a ruptured tendon, and I believe in a broken bone, but he says, I can stand up and I can eat. Okay, I'm not eating with my leg, he said. Uh, he did not disclose the origin of the injury, but allegedly I think he was helping a friend move, not sure, several months ago. So he got hurt several months ago. So Chestnut will be looking for a seventh straight win, uh, but he's always looking for uh, another accomplishment. In the past two years, he's beaten his own world record for the contest. And so he will attempt to set another record this year. If you want to bet on this event, and you can, uh, you can bet over 74 and a half hot dogs and uh, hot dogs and buns, and that's minus 140. So he's a favorite to do it. And it's my understanding it's going to be 84 degrees with only 55% humidity. So, quote unquote, conditions are good to break the record. So here's where we're at. Um, and again, this is a key consideration that's often overlooked eating conditions. Because you've got sports books, you've got odds makers. Uh, there's no question that the numbers that the sports books and odds makers put out now in all sports are the sharpest and most accurate they've ever been in history. And even in the hot dog eating contest, 
even in the hot dog eating contest. Weather conditions can be a key determinative factor that propels an eater to either go over or under their predicted number. So, again, the weather forecast for Coney Island, New York, this Monday is projected to be slightly hotter than last year, but right on par with the average temperatures for this time of year. It's supposed to be 84 degrees. There's going to be about a 40% cloud cover. That provides a little bit of relief. Only 55% humidity, less than 3% chance of rain. This is why I don't know, but I'm told these are very suitable eating conditions for this group of competitors. I guess if it's too hot, it's too humid. You get tired like anything else, right? Uh, the good news is that, you know, there'll be no rain. There'll be no major heat wave. And this this contest goes on rain or shine anyway, unless there's lightning. But for the most part, this sounds, you know, it's going to be a little, you know, little the cooler temperatures tighten up the food easier to swallow and this is what i'm told hot and humid weather kind of stresses out the athletes so athletes are called <laughs> i love it so joey chestnut over under 74 and a half the favorite to the over minus 140 now by the way joey chestnut uh, not is a man of many talents okay he's recently eaten a 12 pound deli sandwich 200 pieces of sushi uh, uh, he, he took on what was called a, a beast of ramen noodle challenge, whatever the hell that is. Check this out. How many chicken wings can you eat? In a recent sitting, Joey Chestnut ate 272 chicken wings and 50 hard-boiled eggs. Who do you think he is, Paul Newman? you you, you got to remember that movie. Come on, Cool Hand Luke, come on. Even my man, Mr. Lucky, put that out on Twitter. He ate 50, 50 eggs. Come on, Lee Marvin, 50 eggs between you and me. Here's what's cool. We've got an entrant. You know, the, the females, are they're not going to be denied. Women compete in this, this contest as well. And and one of the great competitive eaters, I believe she was pregnant last year, so I'm not sure if she competed, but her, she's actually out of Las Vegas. Her name is Mickey Sudo. She's even a bigger favorite. By the way, Joy Chestnut, if you bet him just to win, you got to lay $30 to win just $1. Uh, so, you know, uh, good luck with that. I, I don't think the field is going to beat Joey Chestnut. He not only wins, he wins by a margin of 10 or 20 every year. But Mickey Sudo is actually, you got to put up $50 to win a dollar in the field, plus 1100 Uh Mickey Sudo is very similar to Joey Chestnut. She comes in as around about a 99% probability of winning the women's side of the contest. Now, some people, detractors, uh, are not sure if she's on top of her game because she's returned into the contest this year after giving birth last year. But if you look at the other, again, the, the, this contest, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, which is famous, has been around forever. It's, it's kind of cool. It's, it's just novel, okay? People either like it or they hate it, but people pay attention to it. But it's not the only Major League eating event that has been on the calendar for 2022. So you could say that Mickey Sudo has actually been incredibly active in these Major League eating events throughout this last year. And not just that, she's fared very well. For instance, Mickey Sudo entered the 2022 Egg Roll Eating World Championship. Now, she finished second, but she ate 29 egg rolls. And the person who finished third only ate 14. So that gives you, uh, you know, a little bit of an insight as to her talents. 
Mickey Sudo also participated in the 2022 World Donut Eating Championship. Now, this is pretty cool because Mickey Sudo not only finished first, she beat all the men and women. She ate 39 and a half donuts in eight minutes. Oh, my goodness. Half. How about that half donut? What, what, what was up with that? I wonder what kind it was. I wonder if it was glazed or whatever. All right. Also in 2022, I told you she's been busy. Mickey Sudo also entered the Pepperoni Roll Eating Championship. She finished second. She ate 28 pepperoni rolls in 10 minutes. How many can you eat? Finally, uh, the 2022 Donut Hole Eating Championship. Mickey Sudo finished third. She ate 221 donut holes in eight minutes. The next closest female competitor who finished fourth ate, all, ate 116. And I, 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 by the way, I can't forget this. She also... Mickey Sudo entered the World Texas Sausage Eating Championship. Mickey Sudo finished in second. She ate 41 sausages in 10 minutes, only three shy of first place winner Jeff Esper. So there you have it. By the way, if you want to bet Mickey Sudo over under hot dogs, 49 and a half, you get a break here. She's plus 155, which means they don't think she'll get to 50. Under 49 and a half is minus 225. You're caught up on the championship. Coming up, USC and UCLA. We'll bring it all, we'll bring it all to you. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. 
Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. The Fox Sports Sunday train keeps rolling right along. I'm Bernie Frado coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios here in Las Vegas. We will take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. Got a ton of stuff to get to. About an hour from now, the dance sensation sweeping the nation. Yes, what kind of brand new fool are you? Followed by What My Name. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. Another immense story this past week has to do with the USC Trojans and UCLA Bruins planning a move from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten as early as 2024. Now, for what it's worth, the Big Ten and the Big Ten Network, clearly they've become the gold standard when it comes to printing money. You see, when the Big Ten added Rutgers years ago, they added a New York TV market. When the Big Ten added Maryland, they got a Washington, D.C. TV market. Remember, the Big Ten has more alums living spread out around the country more so than any other conference. There were 72 games in college football last year that drew an audience of 4 million or more. Of those 72, half were in the Big Ten Conference. There's lots of conferences out there. Half were in the Big Ten. Now this. USC and UCLA, two of the Pac-12's flagship programs, they are planning to leave the conference for the Big Ten as early as 2024, I believe the move is imminent. The Big 10 has already voted on it. It's unanimous. There is a formal notification process. Uh, They both have to let the Pac-12 know their intentions to leave. And they have to formally apply to the Big 10. That's a formality. And the process is already underway. It's going to happen. At this point, it can't not happen from the way I see it. Now... When you look at the finances, that's the thing that plays the big role in this move. You've also got competitiveness. You've also got brand. And the overall landscape of the future of the sport, obviously, the times they are changing, Bob Dylan, this is just the way it goes. USC and UCLA, they believe they are making a decision to position them best for the long term. And... When you consider the dollars that will come along with it and the conference they're joining, the future for both schools, uh, I think it's imminently improved, actually. They are now operating from a a position of strength. And and make no mistake, the, the Big Ten is just a very shrewdly run conference. Their commissioner, Jim Delaney, uh... Let me take you back to 2007 because he negotiated a 10-year TV contract. But when 2017 rolled around, instead of negotiating another 10-year contract looking for security, he very shrewdly negotiated a six-year contract, which terminates next year. Now, why did he do that? Because he wanted that contract to – they wanted to be free of that contract before the SEC's contract expired in 2024 or the Pac-12's expired in 2024 – or the Big 12's expired in 2025, and I don't think the ACC's expires until like 2036. So now, given this L.A. market, this is incredible, you're looking at a Big 10 TV contract, the Big 10 network, 
that's probably going to be in the neighborhood of $1 billion, which means every member school will receive about $100 million in their coffers uh, next, well, when the contract, you know, is is signed and, and, the, and the money start to flow. And you're going to see all the, I believe you see all the networks have a piece of the pie. You might tune in at 9 a.m. on the West Coast here and see an ABC game featuring two Big Ten teams. You might tune in at noon and see an NBC game. You might tune in at 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock an evening game and see a CBS game or an ESPN game. Even Amazon, who, remember now, Amazon paid a fortune to broadcast Thursday night football in the NFL, which is right around the corner. September 8th, what, what, what are we, 68 days away? Something along those lines? And that Thursday night game, I believe, I'm not sure if the first one will be, but I, I, Amazon will be a fixture in Thursday night football in the NFL. And they've stated that they want to do at least one Big Ten game per week as well. And so what you're going to see is the Big Ten negotiate their next media rights deal, which I believe will be worth billions. And when you juxtapose that, okay, I, I just said that each school, I believe, will get $100 million dollars. Uh, as their share of the pie when the Big Ten Network negotiates their new contract given this new addition with USC and UCLA. Now let's compare that. This last 2021 fiscal year, the Big Ten distributed $680 million uh, equally to their, you know, the Big Ten actually has 14 schools, right? But so you divide $680 million divided by 14, and you come up with just under $50 million per school. That's going to double. Compare that to the Pac-12, who just distributed $340 million among its member schools in the 2021 season. So divide 344 divided by 12, that's less than $30 million. USC and UCLA are going to triple. They're going to triple their revenues and join a historic conference. It's, I know it's going to be weird, man. I used to go to the Rose Bowl every year. It's just not – but at the same time, keep an open mind. It might be a real novel thing to see Wisconsin to come out and play UCLA or Penn State come out and play USC in a, in a conference game at the Rose Bowl or at the Coliseum. The Los Angeles media market is one of the largest in the country, and USC and UCLA, even though they have not had real good success on the field, they're still attractive brands. And when you've got USC and UCLA in the fold, the Big Ten, all of a sudden their Midwest reach goes all the way to the coast. And USC-UCLA would bring the Big Ten to 16 members. That's now the same number that the SEC will have once Texas and Oklahoma officially join the league. Now, they're talking about potentially the Big Ten expanding further. I'm not so sure they will. Um, and I'm not so sure that Notre Dame is going to be in the mix. Uh, you would not believe the love-hate relationship between the Big Ten and Notre Dame. The Notre Dame has snubbed the Big Ten at least twice that I know of. Uh, once I, I was living in Michigan, I, mean, I think it was like 1993 or 94, they extended a, the Big Ten extended a, an invitation to to uh, Notre Dame. I think around the same time Penn State accepted theirs, and Notre Dame gave them the middle finger. They did the same thing back like in the 40s when I believe the Big Ten only had seven or eight schools. And, you know, Notre Dame's always sort of had this, you know, opinion, you need us more than we need you. And, and I'm not so sure they're wrong. And I know there's money involved, but Notre Dame makes plenty of money and they operate under a little different set of criteria. So I, I just my humble opinion, do I think Notre Dame will ever be part of the Big Ten? No, I, I don't. Okay. So here's the real question. How will the Pac-12 respond? Now, I know the conference added Colorado and Utah in 2011, and they've had consistent membership since. 
But the Pac-12 has not had a team reach the college football playoffs since Washington in 2016. And so the reason this move might be less disruptive than potential moves in the ACC is that USC and UCLA have a grant of rights tied to the current Pac-12 television contract, which expires after the 2023 season and the 24 school year. That's why the expectation is that both schools can go to the league and not suffer any financial penalty, meaning they can go to the Big Ten. Now, Pac-12 officials had been nudging both L.A. schools for years to extend their grant rights. They didn't. That leads you to believe they've been thinking about this for a while, and I believe the Big Ten has too. Yes, it came as a surprise Thursday, and I never predicted it, but think about it. When you find out Jim Delaney intentionally negotiated a contract that would end in 2023 before the other major conferences' contracts expired, that's pretty shrewd. And when you consider that neither UCLA or UCLA USC or UCLA would extend their grant of rights for additional years that leads you to believe they had bigger ambitions, right? So I think the Pac-12, I'm not saying they got hoodwinked, but look, they got caught asleep at the wheel. Let's let's face it. And that, coming out of COVID a couple years ago, given the uncertainty and the financial uncertainty, you just never know. This is a move that I, I really can't blame USC or UCLA. Now, there are a lot of financial pressures being felt by the Pac-12, very similar to those being felt in the ACC. And they're different, but they're the same. And the truth of the matter is when you've got the SEC and the Big Ten making nearly double the amount of some other Power Five leagues, and they will continue to do so for another decade at least, those financial pressures leave USC and UCLA with very little choice. They can try to bully the Pac-12 for unequal revenue shares. How do you do that when Oregon maybe you can make, argue that Oregon's the best brand in the conference? Coolest uniforms, all that stuff. Look, I was a big USC and UCLA fan when I grew up in, in SoCal. Student body right, the USC Trojans, the fight song, they were amazing. I saw UCLA kick Ohio State's butt in the 76 Rose Bowl. Terry Donahue, all those years. Those programs are a fraction of what they used to be. Now, with Lincoln Riley, you believe that they're on the upswing. And I still believe it's such fertile ground in Southern California for recruiting. If they could get, if they could just keep the top recruits from leaving to go to Clemson and to go to Alabama and to go to Miami and, in, in, you know, the various schools in, in the Big Ten as well, Ohio State, keep them home. Those schools would be top five teams every year. They play incredible high school football in Southern California. There's a plethora of talent there. So they looked, I think USC and, and UCLA looked at Oklahoma and Texas and said, this is evident. This is what we have to do because the impact of the finances that will be coming their way will not only help USC and UCLA to stay competitive nationally, but also support other sports, including women's sports and non-revenue sports. So this is going to be interesting to see how this will affect Fox's upcoming television deal with the Big Ten, which I believe is going to be announced in the upcoming weeks. In the addition of the two schools, you bring two marquee schools, at least in their history, and a very attractive West Coast Los Angeles media market. Now, again, the Pac-12, this is going to be painful. Uh they're going to need to add inventory, I believe. Could San Diego State be in the mix? Could UNLV be in the mix? Could Boise State? And here's an irony. Boise State in the last 10 years has been far more relevant in college football than USC or UCLA. They just simply have. 
Actually, San Diego State has as well. This move, though, leaves the conference with Oregon and Washington as the top two schools. That right there sounds funny, only because when you think of the Pac-10, the Pac-8, the Pac-12, USC, UCLA, there's just no doubt about it. Uh, I do think there are some Pac-12 officials in shock. And by the way, make no mistake, it was USC driving this. There's no question, and they weren't going to do to UCLA what Oklahoma did to Oklahoma State. They're partners. USC and UCLA is also one of the great rivalries in college football. You don't get the pomp and circumstance you get with Michigan, Ohio State, or Auburn, Alabama, or Texas, Oklahoma. But make no mistake, people in SoCal know what I'm talking about. UCLA and USC are a strong rival, not just in football and all sports, which I I think is one of the reasons why I think some Pac-12 sources were caught with their pants down. They just never believed that UCLA would not be part of a conference which would take them outside of California. I think they shocked a lot of people. But, listen, this is progress, right? We used to fight wars with a single-shot rifle. Things move forward. 20 years ago, hell, there was no playoff in college football. He had the BCS, but that's very passe and very Neanderthal. 20 years before that, you didn't have cable TV. There was no ESPN in 1980. Well, actually, it started in September of 79, but there was no major college football TV contracts back in the early 80s like that. And you were very few games, very few opportunities. 20 years before that, there was no TV at all. So about every 20 years, there's a sea change in college football. What will this do to the playoffs? What will this do to rivalries? What will this do to regionality and tradition? We're going to bring in the crew and get their thoughts. Did they think this is good or bad for college football? And what was their knee-jerk reaction? When they found out that USC and UCLA were going to the Big Ten. Wow. That doesn't roll off the tongue so easily, but I understand the times... They are changing. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Don't go away. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. 
Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. All right, back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. We'll take you up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. We're talking about USC and UCLA heading to the Big Ten. And, yes, it's all about money. Big shock. If you throw a flag regarding that, well, you're just not in touch with the times. It's just the way it is. USC and UCLA moving from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten as soon as 2024. Let's bring in the crew and get their thoughts. What was the knee-jerk reaction, and did they think this is good or bad for college football? Brian Finley. Yeah, Bernie, I think part of me is nostalgic. You know, we all grew up thinking a certain way about UCLA and USC, and so I feel for the purists. I feel for the traditionalists. But to your point, and something that you were highlighting during your monologue, is that, yeah, this this all ultimately comes down to money. What I think is very interesting, Bernie, is how USC and UCLA are rivals, but they work together. And I don't know how often we see schools that are hated rivals within the same city that are working together here to do something. Here's a thought, Bernie. With the presence of the NIL and student-athletes empowering themselves and taking upon themselves to do what's best for them, I think that that's incentivized schools to now push the envelope even more to do what they need to do for money. And my last point here is this. Let's not forget that, you know, when the whole COVID stoppage happened, we weren't sure when college football was happening. Clearly, teams, college football, sports in general, they were losing money because of the uncertainty and the lack of fans and whatnot. But I think that triggered something within teams and it's in universities. And it was this self-preservation mindset where we got to do something here to make up for whatever or just to do something better for ourselves. So they've stepped away from what was you can call them a traitor or whatnot they have looked out for themselves first and foremost bernie and they certainly are doing that i think it's good ultimately for those schools i don't think it's good for the schools that they leave behind but for those schools of course yes okay you covered a lot of really good ground there first of all the nostalgia part is real i can very much relate to that the regionality the tradition is real but Let's not forget we're not that far removed from COVID. And I think the Pac-12 conference is spineless for allowing this to happen. UCLA and USC simply looked what Oklahoma and Texas did, and they have to look out for themselves, just like you said. Everybody's scrambling to survive. Money, the almighty dollar, is driving this. NIL is part of it. You covered all the – you checked all the boxes. And I think that will uh, – it's outward and upward. It's happening whether we like it or not. And yes, we may be nostalgic, but regardless, uh, this is progress, as it were. Chris Perfett, your thoughts? Well, Bernie, uh, the first thing I thought was, wow, this is insane. But then 
as someone who is a USC alum and also with a lot of family from the Midwest, I immediately got very excited about potential matchups for USC going forward. I, I, I don't I don't cry as much for the tr- tradition just because it, it felt bad at first, but then I realized I no longer have independent Penn State. I no longer have Texas A&M playing Texas, which, by the way, to, to Fenley's point, those two schools did not play well together at all in their breakup. I no longer have Nebraska in the Big 12. Tradition was already stomped on for so many years across college football. I'm not going to weep about it here. If anything, else, if anything, if this lures Notre Dame to the Big 10, that restores a lot of traditions in the case of Notre Dame playing you know, Michigan and USC and Michigan State. So I, I, it, it's brutal, but at the same time, I completely understand it, and I'm very excited to see USC. I think the Big Ten... Uh, I, I'll tell you another reason why I'm excited for it, Bernie, and this kind of goes back to the problem at the core of the, the Pac-12. When USC was playing on a Saturday and they were on the Pac-12 network here in Los Angeles, I could not watch it. I could watch the Big Ten network here in Los Angeles, but not the Pac-12 network. Isn't that ironic? The, the Pac-12 network's right TV situation is brutal. They, the Pac-12 saw... All of like they saw the Big Ten and all these conferences making their deals with ESPN and with Fox and decided to make their own network. And that led us to right here because USC looked up one day, UCLA looked up one day, and both looked to each other and realized, hey, Indiana is making more on TV revenue on their football games than we are. And that was a slap in the face, and that's I think what spurred this. And yeah, like I'm excited because now Pack Big Ten Network run by Fox, which is probably. We'll, we'll see who, who gets it after the TV deal. I think Fox will keep it, but it's going to be big. It's going to allow me to watch more USC, and I get it. I, I don't really weep for a lot of those schools. I, I I guess I never really grew up with a lot of Arizona State in my life. Washington had their shot at the, at the college football playoffs and choked, and the Pac-12's reputation for years in the, in the playoff era has been the weakest of the Power Five conferences. So this is all just uh, separating the wheat from the chaff at this point. It was going to happen. Traditions were already stomped dry, and I, just, I, I, I can do nothing but welcome it. As you say, it's all about the dollars right now, and I feel like we just need to let this kind of burn itself out. Yep. Well, listen, USC and UCLA will completely uh, diminish the greatness of the conference. But to your point, if you can't even watch the Pac-12 network while you're in Southern California and the Big Ten network has been the gold standard, I believe the the Pac-12 could have prevented this. I really believe that years ago and they were asleep at the wheel. Ricky Herrera, what are your thoughts on all this? It's bad for fans. It's bad for the Pac-12, but it's good for entertainment value we're going to see we're going to see better games from usc and we're going to see uh, a better bigger picture overall in the college football landscape okay so let's hold that thought the college football landscape because i've talked about how much it hurts the big the pac-12 but when you add usc and ucla to the big 10 initially it's an odd visual logistically and geographically but what does it do? It widens one of the nation's most historic conferences' uh, footprint with these two big-name schools. And by the way, let's not forget, USC just hired Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma, and the USC is all of a sudden in the news all the time. They've had this offensive prowess in the past and recruiting success in the past. Maybe Lincoln Riley 
can help resurrect that. Let's not forget Chip Kelly's no slouch. He's coaching at UCLA. Everything comes down to perception when it comes to recruiting. And when you have guys like Lincoln Riley and Ohio State coach Ryan Day in the same conference, that's only going to help the recruiting trail. Same thing with Chip Kelly and USC. Now, I don't think this makes the Big Ten a super conference like the SEC, which I still think is the gold standard, but it's a step in the right direction because it protects the Big Ten from being left behind, and they are printing money. And I know there's going to be some questions about scheduling and adding two teams that are three time zones away from other schools, but the positives for the Big Ten far outweigh any possible negatives. Pac-12, you're on your own. I think you got caught asleep at the wheel. Coming up, speaking of money, the LIV Golf Tournament arrived in Portland this weekend. It's in the books to tell you who won, how much they won, and give you an idea about the purses as the LIV tour continues. But first, let's go to Brian Finley with the latest. You got it, Bernie. Yeah, so Liv, we'll get to that a little bit later. But as far as baseball from yesterday, we'll start there. Some of the noteworthy games. The Dodgers take care of the Padres 7-2 as LA has won 14 out of their last 15 encounters against San Diego. Doubleheader wins for the Yankees over the Guardians and the Rays take two from the Blue Jays. The Astros knock down the Angels 9-1 as Houston hit five home runs. Spencer Strider, the starting pitcher for the Braves, allowed one hit over six innings, had 11 strikeouts, matching a career high to guide Atlanta over the Reds 4-1. to The Cardinals got it done against the Phillies 7-6. The Rangers hold things down against the Mets 7-3. Cole Calhoun, two homers and four RBI. UFC 276 from Las Vegas. Israel Adesanya beats Jared Kenier by unanimous decision to remain heavyweight, excuse me, not heavyweight, middleweight champ and the other big news from the event was donald cowboy cerrone unexpectedly announcing his retirement after he was beat down by jim miller and cerrone said afterwards quote i don't love it anymore i'm going to be a movie star baby close quote pelican zion williamson is heading back to New Orleans on a max rookie extension. Five years, $193 million. And that dollar figure could get up to $231 million if the incentives are played out. The John Deere Classic, the PGA Tour event this week, makes a stop in Illinois where JT Poston is your leader. Minus 19, shot a 67 on Saturday, has a three-shot edge. And coming in at the same time in conjunction, as Bernie's about to talk about the Live Tour event, Bernie, not to, to I guess, get in the way of your what you're about to say, but Brandon Grace did win the event. And Phil Mickelson, I got to say, Bernie, finished 40th. He, he played, I mean, not very well. And still, at 10 over par, made over $100,000. With that, I send it back to you. <laughs> yep, you're right. You're spot on. Phil Mickelson was plus 10, tied for 40th, took home a cool $133,000. So this was <clears throat> noteworthy these last three days because for the first time ever on U.S. soil, the LIV had its first ever tournament. It was at the Pumpkin Ridge Golf Club in Portland, Oregon. Uh, the facility has two courses, Ghost Creek and Witch Hollow. Uh, they're not old courses. They were built in the 90s. But uh, this uh, this venue in Portland has actually hosted some noteworthy events. They hosted the U.S. Amateur in 1996, which was won by Tiger Woods. And this course also hosted the 2003 Women's Open. Now, here's here's what's attractive 
to these golfers about the LIV Tour. The purse for this tournament this past weekend was worth $25 million. That's larger than any single event purse on the PGA Tour. And the winner, as uh, Brian just said, was Brendan Grace. He collected a cool $4 million, and each member of the winning team took home 750000 in addition to their payout. Now, hold that thought because there's actually a, a, a big announcement that the LED has uh, for, for 2023. Uh, not for nothing, by the way, the guy who won the initial tournament and collected $4.7 million uh, two weeks ago in London was Charles Schwartzel. He finished tied for 37th. Uh, he was plus eight over. And uh, the gentleman who finished last, Jediah Morgan, never heard of him, right? But he's plus 21. He collected 120,000. Now, people say we haven't heard of half these golfers. We haven't heard of half the golfers on the, on the PGA Tour either. So don't give me that crap. I mean, by the way, Ian Poulter, he tied for 40th plus 10. He gets $133,000. As you look through the list, people forgot. Sergio Garcia, he's also on this tour. He finished 26th. He was plus four. He collected 164000 Brooks Kepka's brother, Chase Kepka, he tied for 23rd. He was plus three, collected 168000 Young man I talked about who won the U.S. Amateur but was struggling mightily on the PGA Tour, James Pyatt. He finished 22nd. He was plus two, collected 172000 Brooks Kepka making his initial debut with the, uh, that's the Department of Redundancy Department, he makes his debut with the LIV Tour. He, t- he finished tied for 16th with Martin Keimer. They were both even, and they both collect about 224000 Lee Westwood also finished tied for 16th. He collects about 224000 Kevin Na, one of the first to defect, he, he ties for 11th, collects 374000 Bryson DeChambeau, the foil for Brooks Kepa, Kepka, he finishes 10th, He's two under, 560000 He collects Taylor Gooch, four under, 675000 Louis Westhazen, he finished fifth, collected just under a million. Now, you can't tell me, don't recognize some of these names. Patrick Reed finished tied for third, collected almost a million three. Dustin Johnson finished tied for third, collected also a million three. Now, people can poo-poo all they want this LIB tour, but guess what they're going to do next year? They're going to transition to a league schedule in 2023. They'll have 14 events, and they'll have 48 players under contract. The idea is for to have 12 teams to develop their own identity. And the LIV officials, they view this franchise model, eventually selling these franchises, as crucial to their business model in the sustainability of the LIV tour. Now, you know, I, I realize the... The Saudi Public Events, you know, investment fund. Uh, it looks like they have a blank check, and they really don't really need to make money to persist. But I think eventually they do want to get some return on their investment, and I think you know this could happen. And they've already, I think, got ten venues lined up for 2023, and they're going to add some additional international sites. So this is a league that is here, I believe, here to stay. And by the way, you look at some of these. They had 12 teams that were drafted this week by the tour event. This is what they do. Like I said, every winning team gets a total of $750,000 per player. It sounds like a fantasy team. 
they all they all the teams in with GC, but like for instance, the captain of the Crushers is Bryson DeChambeau, and the captain of the Stingers is Louis Eustace, and the captain of the Ironheads, Kevin Na, the captain of the Fireballs is Sergio Garcia. Guess who the captain of the High Flyers is? It's Phil Mickelson. Majestics, that's the name of a team. Who's their captain? Lee Westwood. They also have Ian Poulter on that team. Who's the captain of Smash GC? Brooks Kepka. Who's the captain for Cleeks? Whatever the hell Cleeks is? Martin Keimer. Graham McDowell is the captain for Niblix, and Dustin Johnson is the captain for the Aces. Okay, does this sound like a bunch of slugs to you? Bryson DeChambeau, Louis Ustazen, Kevin Nasser, Jerry Garcia, Phil Mickelson, Lee Westwood, Brooks Kepiger, Martin Keimer, Graham McDowell, Justin John- Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed. No. And you're going to see more players defect. This is an ongoing story. You heard my comparison to the AFL and NFL. I'm not saying we're going down that road at this point. But the more that they poo-poo and the folks from the PGA, officials and otherwise, look down their nose at the uh, at the uh, LIV, the more they're giving them the publicity that you know that probably in some level they deserve. This is this is real. Okay, this is not imagined. This is real. Coming up, is it possible? Is it possible that Roger Goodell's tenure as the NFL commissioner could be winding down? I'll explain. I'm Bernie Friday. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Stick and stay. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, we're back on Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. Top of the hour. The Dan Sensation Sweep in the Nation that we affectionately refer to as what kind of brand new fool are you? A fresh set of goofy stories to bring to a grateful nation. Followed, of course, by another segment we earnestly refer to as What My Name. And this uh, week's What My Name series will have a decided theme to it. Spoiler alert, might have a little bit of a tennis Wimbledon theme to it. Some prominent names. All right, there's no question that NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, who took over in 2006 for Paul Tagliabue, I remember covering Super Bowl 40 in 2006, Ford Field, Detroit, between Seattle and Pittsburgh. And uh, Goodell was introduced then by uh, Paul Tagliabue. Although he wasn't the commissioner just yet. But look, there there can be no doubt that Goodell has presided over uh, incredible growth in the NFL. Incredible money from from TV to branding to ushering in the world of sports betting and fantasy football. All those things. Okay, the, the game is having a renaissance like nobody's business. It's just It manages to stay in the news. 365, 24-7, and, and mostly for good reason. And while D- G- Goodell has his detractors, I'm not one of them in that area. I mean, he he did it. He's been presiding over this. And I know there are a lot of smart analysts out there, so anybody could have done that. No, well, I don't know about that. But the bottom line is, what 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 is Roger Goodell, Goodell's real job? Because he, he serves at the behest of the owners. And he's basically a human battering ram to protect the owner's from feeling the heat that could per, 
could could you know be heaped upon them. Now, make no mistake, Roger Goodell is paid very well. You know how much Roger Goodell made each of the last two years? A little over $63 million each of the last two years. That's according to the New York Times. Now, Forbes says that makes him one of the highest paid leaders in the entire American industry. NFL owners, they're kind of like oligarchs, right? And Roger Goodell is they're basically their $100 million shield. He is. Forbes also reports that Goodell's salary is more than five times larger than any of his commissioner contemporaries. For instance, Adam Silver of the NBA and uh, Gary Bettman, the NHL commissioner, they both make about $10 million a year. Uh, Rob Manfred, everybody's favorite commissioner, the Major League Baseball, he's paid about $11 million. Add the three, that's about $31 million. Goodell makes double that by himself each year. Now, if you're an NFL owner, they're, 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 they're frankly, they're getting their money's worth. If you're an NFL owner and your job is to have Roger Goodell be your fixer. Case in point, a couple of weeks ago, did you see NFL, any NFL owners being hammered by Congress? No, you didn't. The hearings were kind of a, a an S show, if you get my drift, clown show. But what's clear is rather than you didn't see Dan Snyder there, you saw Roger Goodell there. And frankly, uh, now it's it's not a story. I'm I'm aware of it, but I haven't really covered it or followed it like I I do a lot of stories. And that's basically the fact that based on a lot of reports that are out there, Dan Snyder over the last decade and more has allegedly ruled over what you would call a a dumpster fire sewer uh, that – you know, he's got miscreants and perverts and gropers and all kinds of nefarious people that, you know, reports have emerged that have been under his employee. None of them were there testifying. So it's sort of interesting that you have the commissioner and what he's doing, he's acting as a, as a shield for Dan Snyder and all his employees. This is what the owners pay Goodell to do. He doesn't have to be smart. He doesn't have to be effective. He doesn't have to be a decent, regular, good old boy chap. He they just they pay him to get his teeth kicked in. He's the one that goes to sit in front of Congress. He's the one that takes the slings and arrows, so the owners don't have to. All right. However, is it possible we're approaching the point that as a society, people don't particularly like the fact that the commissioner has. Maybe his shorts aren't clean either. I'm not, you know, this is all theoretical. I'm just talking, man. I'm just I'm just sharing thoughts that I think are blowing in the wind, right? Somewhere at some point, Dan Snyder's Washington commanders, you know, have been embroiled in a mess. But the question is, because nothing's really been done, people have asked, is Roger Goodell somehow complicit? Because obviously Goodell and Snyder have some sort of relationship. Rather than give you the laundry list of the things that have happened inside the organization during Snyder's tenure, and while it's true Goodell might not know everything, he I think he knows enough. People think he knows enough, but there's been no significant punishment of Snyder by Roger Goodell. People smarter than me have asked why. Now, 
There are people out there saying, well, wait a minute, didn't Roger Goodell find Dan Snyder $10 million last year? Yes, he did. But to, again, folks smarter than me, $10 million, you know, that's a joke. $10 million is what uh, Dan Snyder, you know, he carries in his back pocket and when he goes out to eat uh, dinner at Applebee's. That's that's like, you know, that's that's like him buying a, you know, cigar. And there's been actually no very serious restraining of Dan Snyder by Roger Goodell. And there have actually been, and again, this the point of this is not to throw Roger Goodell under the bus. It's merely to advance a a line of thinking and and a, and, a, and a train of thought that has been put forth by other people smarter than me, meaning that is it possible there have actually been scandals, I see in quotes, during Goodell's tenure that he has managed to side, sidestep? And despite the ugliness of the Dan Snyder and Washington commander situation, it, it, it's, it, it's, you have to admit it's put Goodell a little bit in the hot seat because in some ways... When he was playing his role as the human, you know, shield, heat shield, he was asked by a representative, Rashida Tlaib, if, quote, he would remove Snyder, and Roger Goodell answered he didn't have the power to do so. But here's the deal. He, he might not have the sole power to do so, but Roger Goodell does have the power to initiate such a move. So people smarter than me have asked why hasn't he done it when it's clearly deserved. He's, he's, is he protecting oligarchs? I mean, it's almost inexplicable, and he does apparently have a very strong desire to protect Dan Snyder. And Goodell continues to refuse to release findings by uh, a lady by the name of Beth Wilkinson that cite reasons having to do with, you know, two lawyers that represent over 40 Washington Commanders employees, which have specific complaints about workplace allegations that were levied against the team back in 2020. The NFL commissioned an investigation led by Wilkinson, but Goodell refused to release the findings of the report, saying he needed to protect the identities of the women. If you believe this excuse, fine. People don't believe this excuse. Eventually, I'm curious if Roger Goodell will be brought under fire. We shall see. Coming up, what kind of brand new fool are you? Keep it locked right here. This is Bernie Fratto, Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports Sunday. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Fox Sports Sunday train keeps rolling right along. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. We will take you all the way up to 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. Still got a lot of stuff to get to, including including the dance sensation that is sweeping the nation. You see every week at this time, 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern, we bring you a segment we affectionately refer to as what kind of brand new fool are you? You see, because every day, every week, every minute across this great country and around the world, somebody does something so stupid that there's only one way to characterize it, and that is simply this. What kind of brand new fool are you? So here we go, and as usual, there is more than one to choose from, but I picked the one I thought you would enjoy the most, so let me start by saying meet Ernesto Cruz. Ernesto Cruz is from Miami, Florida. Now, according to allegations in a criminal complaint that was lodged in Miami, Florida this past week, from February through April... A 54-year-old man by the name of Ernesto Cruz and his company submitted approximately $4.2 million in fraudulent health care claims to Medicare that Medicare beneficiaries never even requested. So as a result, Medicare paid Ernesto Cruz and his company, Zico, over $2.1 million. Now, knowing that the jig was up, Mr. Cruz tried to escape authority. He tried to leave and escape Florida to head to Cuba. That's when border protection officers located a broken down jet ski in the water south of Key West headed in the direction of Cuba, roughly 90 miles away. He was aboard a jet ski along with one other individual who is known to law enforcement to be an alien smuggler. Now, of course, this jet, this is not just any jet ski. He was outfitted with a special fuel cell to allow for long trips. And within the compartments of the jet ski, he had all kinds of food and water and implements to he would have for his trip. You know, snacks. Come on, man. It's bad enough you're going to try to rip off the government for $4 million. 
But then you try to escape justice on a jet ski? Ernesto Cruz, what kind of brand new fool are you? Brian Finley. Yes, Bernie, I'm going to take us across the pond. Obviously, Wimbledon is going on right now. Then there was a third round match between Stefano Tsitsipas and Nick Kyrgios. Now, anybody who follows tennis knows that when Nick Kyrgios gets on the court, it's like a reality TV show. You don't know what's going to happen. And no matter what, there is going to be some drama. There are a lot of different elements of drama in this match that got the attention of not just tennis fans and sports fans alone, but anybody that is following the news, just because of the brouhaha that was brewing between these two as the match went on, that led to them calling each other, well, at the end of it, Sitsipas called Kyrgios a bully, and that he has an evil side, and then Kyrgios Bernie said that Sitsipas is soft. Now, Inside this match, there were evidence of fools between both. There was one serve, Bernie, where where Kyrgios goes behind or underneath his leg underhand and gets Sitsipas to miss in the net on the return. Like, like little cat and mouse games like that. There is also evidence of a code violation on Kyrgios where he was shouting out obscenities during the match. And then Sitsipas, Bernie, he took a ball and just whacked it into the crowd, like on the lower deck level, could have hurt somebody. And then Kyrgios decides to call not just the chair umpire who could have thrown Tsitsipas out and defaulted him, but then say, that's not good enough. We got to get rid of him. So then the supervisor comes in, talks to Kyrgios because he thinks that Tsitsipas should be thrown out. Bernie, this was one of those matches, and Kyrgios ended up winning and getting to the fourth round. There was nonstop drama, name-calling, childish behavior all over the place, and I think not just one of these guys, but both could be considered fools. Fair enough, yeah. I'm gonna clearly I'm gonna have to start watching more tennis. <laughs> yes. All right, good stuff, Brian. Uh Chris Perfett. Dateline, New York, specifically in the harbor, specifically off the Verrazano Bridge, as we take you to Carnival Magic, returning from an eight day cruise from the Caribbean, where a brawl broke out. And we'll we'll get to the details on that. Why did a brawl break out? Why was there a brawl that erupted into a sixty people? fighting on the on a carnival cruise as they return to New York from the Caribbean. Well, it's because there was a threesome. There was a threesome involved somewhere on the on the vessel on the on the cruise line and at a what was this it was at a bar at 2 a.m. lovers individuals who were not part of this threesome but also had significant unders others involved in this threesome confronted their their significant others. The brawl broke out, quickly escalated as 60 people all across this cl- this club at 2 a.m. on a Carnival Magic ship on the fifth floor of a Carnival Magic ship all got into a fight. Glass was broken. People were punched. A lot of violence to the point, Bernie, where the Coast Guard was called in to escort the ship into harbor where New York mm. police were waiting at that point. This was all incredibly foolish. It was the biggest fight I have ever seen in a while, and it is once again a lesson that if you're going to go on a cruise, mind your P's and Q's. <laughs> was there alcohol involved, to the best of your knowledge? It was 2 a.m. on a carnival cruise, Bernie. I, I'm, I'm imagining there was a lot of alcohol involved. 
See what everybody missed during COVID, man. They know how to have fun, right? All right. We're off and running. Ricky Herrera, you're up next, buddy. Okay, Bernie. We all look up to athletes when we were kids. We we admired them. One young Royals fan who clearly admired Zach Grinke because he asked him to sign his ball. Well, Zach Grinke proceeded to grab the ball and throw it as far as he could. And quote from the Twitter, from the kid's Twitter, he came over, grabbed the ball, looked at me, and then chucked it as far as he could. I asked Grinky why he did that. He said, for my amusement, I have to ask, I have to ask Zach Grinky, what kind of brand new fool are you? That's a good one. You know, Grinky has over the years displayed some odd behavior and said some goofy things while well, he was in Kansas City and... He got into that fight once. Oh, yeah. That's, wow, my goodness. All right. Another rousing edition of What Kind of Brand New Fool Are You in the Books, which opens the door now for America's second favorite segment, something that we earnestly refer to as What My Name. All right. We're going to get to our tennis team here in a minute, but I thought we'd start with a unique one you guys might get a kick out of since the Stanley Cup Finals just ended. I'm a former New York Ranger Star played played the NHL for the New York Rangers, who was recently dating Sarah Palin. Brian Finley, what my name? Mark Messier. Well, not a bad guess. All right, I'm a former New York Rangers star uh, who played in the NHL with the New York Rangers. That's the Department of Redundancy Department. I was recently dating Sarah Palin. Chris Perfett, what my name? Wasn't Sarah Palin married? Uh, I'm going to say Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, no, not him. But no, she, she got divorced from what, what's the guy's name? Todd or whatever. Or it's a, two or three years ago. I, I don't. She's divorced now. All right. I am a former NHL star for the New York Rangers, and I was recently dating Sarah Palin. Ricky Herrera. What my name? Buddy Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I just I just fell over and threw up in my mouth. Chris, you're going to remember this name because he also had to stay with the Red Wings. Guy by the name of Ron Dugay. Ron Dugay, you remember Ron Dugay? Mm, I'm going to go like uh, Rodney Scott, never heard of him. Okay. Well, I know a lot of folks out there have because he was a big-time player. He played, he, he got grandfathered in, didn't wear a helmet, had the long, lowing flocks, could fly up and down the ice, played on some good Rangers teams. Rodney uh, in, in, in the too. 80s, in Ron Dugay, D-U-G-U-A-Y. All right, here comes our tennis team. On this day in 2014 at Wimbledon, I became the lowest-ranked player to ever defeat a number one in the world. I, I defeated Rafael Nadal on this day in 2014. Brian Finley, what my name? Oh, my goodness, Bernie. 2014, I am going to go with... Sinego. I don't know. All right. Moving along. On this day in 2014 at Wimbledon, I became the lowest ranked player to ever defeat a number one player in the world. It was Rafael Nadal at the time. Chris Perfett, what my name? I am blanking hard. I, I was expecting this for the women's side. I don't know too many names on the men's side. All right. We move right along. On this day in 2014 in Wimbledon, I became the lowest ranked player to ever defeat a number one player at Wimbledon, number one in the world, Rafael Nadal at the time. Ricky Herrera, what my name? It's easy. This is, it's Lou Holtz. <laughs> 
<laughs> Ricky, you haven't been into Grandpa's cough syrup tonight, have you? You had Buddy Ryan and Lou Holtz. All right, guys, you're going to kick yourself on this day, 2014 in Wimbledon. I was the lowest-ranked player to ever defeat a number one player, Rafael Nadal. Who is it? Nick Kyrgios. Oh, my goodness. Yep, it's all good. It's all good. All right, continuing on. <clears throat> I was only 17 years old in 2004 when I became the first Russian player to win Wimbledon. Brian Finley, what my name? Sharapova, Maria Sharapova. Nicely done. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> Maria Sharapova. All right, I also, at age 17, became the youngest male player to win Wimbledon. Chris Perfett, what my name? Uh, uh, Joker? Djokovic? Nope, not a bad guess. All right. At age 17, I became the youngest male to ever win Wimbledon. Ricky Herrera, what my name? Young player, Freddie Adu. <laughs> <laughs> so we had Buddy Ryan, Lou Holtz, and Freddie Adu, who also actually played soccer. Maybe Chris will do a soccer feature on Freddie Adu. All right. At 17, I was the youngest player, the ma- youngest male player to ever win Wimbledon. Brian Finley, what my name? This is a guess. Is it Bjorn Borg? Not bad. That's a good guess. It's actually Boris Becker. Oh, Boris Becker. Boris Becker. Becker. All right. Final one. Again, in the theme. I became the youngest female at age 16 to win Wimbledon. The youngest female at age 16 to win Wimbledon at age 16. I already said age 16. Did I say age 16? Yeah, I became the youngest female at age 16 to win Wimbledon. Ricky Herrera, what my name? Pamela Anderson Lee. (laughs) (laughs) You know, she did have a hell of a forehand. She did, I think. All right. I don't think that's right. I just check with the judges. No, it's it's we, they will not they will not allow it. Okay, it's age sixteen and became the youngest female to win Wimbledon. Brian Finley, what my name? Martina Hingis. Bam! Nice job. All right. I got one for Ricky. On July third, twenty twenty two, I became the greatest contestant ever in the history of what my name. Ricky Herrera, what my name? Brian Fenley. Ricky Herrera. <laughs> no, it was Ricky Herrera. Yeah, but right, yeah, Rob Brian did come pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> We're off the rails, folks. Good night, folks. You've been a great audience. All right. Coming up. Coming up. We've got some unfinished business here because the Colorado Avalanche really did a hell of a job. And I got to give them a little bit of love. We got to give them a little bit of homage because not only did they win their first cup in 20 years, they did it in incredibly dominant fashion. It's worth a mention after this. You probably won't see us talk hockey till the Stanley Cup finals of next year. But, you know, game recognized game, and you got to give the Colorado Avalanche their due. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Stick and stay. You're listening to Fox Sports Sunday and Fox Sports Radio. Now we're back on Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. 
Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today a lot of controversy well maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for best documentary feature we're going to get into that with some amazing panelists you get a shot but the individuals behind every one of those images they're complicated and they are human this has been doc talk thank you great conversation Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Fox Sports Sunday, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. One bit of business I think we owe the good fans of Colorado and the NHL is the fact that not only did the Colorado Avalanche win the Stanley Cup their first in 20 years, but they absolutely dominated. The Avs ran through their playoff gauntlet with a 16-4 and record, only one team since 1987 when all four rounds when all four rounds moved to the best of seven has captured the cup with fewer than four losses and that was Wayne Gretzky's 1988 Edmonton Oilers that's the kind of company Colorado has kept hockey is not an easy sport uh, I covered the Red Wings for years it's incredibly hard to win the Stanley Cup I saw Scotty Bowen win three of them uh, in 97. 98, no two, uh, in an official capacity, and they continue to win a couple after that. Look, and I've always believed Scotty Bowman's the greatest coach in all of sport. Uh, nine Stanley Cups. He not only did it, but he did it with three different teams in three different eras, and with the Red Wings, did it with three different goalies, Osgood, uh, Dominic Hasek, and, uh, and Mike Vernon. So this is a sport that's very random and unpredictable, and it's very rare when a team lives up to their preseason hype. There's no question that Colorado had an incredible amount of tre- uh, preseason night, but then they proceed to run the table. And the, in, in doing so, Colorado 
slayed the dragon, the two-time defending champion Lightning in, in clinical fashion. I mean, they just they surgically took him apart. They just simply did. They were faster. They were more aggressive. Tampa Bay could just never quite figure them out. And And the truth of the matter is, in much the same way, the manner in which the Avs went through the playoff gauntlet and completely took down Tampa Bay mirrored the regular season. Whenever anybody questioned what they could do, whenever push came to shove, the Avalanche just they, they grabbed their. In addition to being an incredibly fast, athletic, uh, skillful team, they're tough. They put their heads down. They grabbed their lunch pail and went to work. And 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 let me tell you, hockey fans get very impatient. Coaches get. I mean, hey, you, you would agree, right, that the Las Vegas Golden Knights, the Vegas Golden Knights, have had a pretty damn good five-year tenure. They're on their third coach. So this is not easy, right? And as preseason favorites, and not only just heavy preseason favorites, when Colorado stumbled out of the gate with a 4-5 and five record, uh, all of a sudden their coach, Jared Bednar, who did a great job, there's rumblings about his job security because he was in the final year of his deal. Fortunately, Colorado is run by a guy who played on those great Colorado teams in the 90s. His name is Joe Sackick. And what did he do? He did a really shrewd thing. He, in November, he signed Jared Bednar to a two-year extension. And after that, things calmed down. Colorado, the rest of the way, 68 and 18. The rest of the way, there's six ties in there, too. But basically, uh, they they just they just started winning. They had a 740 winning percentage after that sluggish start. In the end, they had 72 wins. Colorado, that's tied for the most ever between the regular season and the playoffs. The last teams to do that were the 77 Montreal Canadiens with Guy Lafleur, the 84 Edmonton Oilers with Gretzky, the 96 Red Wings, that team. And that team didn't even win the Stanley Cup. They lost to Colorado, coincidentally. And, uh, you know, back then there were no shootouts and, and things of that nature. But the point of the matter is when you win that many games and you have a seven, you know, you win 75% of your games in the NHL when you have this thing called bouncing pucks, that's saying something. Another thing you got to give Colorado credit for is they really stuck together. They just didn't let things bother them, and they would have stretches where they weren't great, but they didn't let things bother them. And in the entire playoffs, they had the occasional bad game, not many because they only lost four in two months. But they, they would drop it. They'd forget about it. They had amnesia. They didn't dwell on it. They believed in each other, and they knew they could be Stanley Cup champions, and now they are champions, and no one can ever take that away. Another part, you know, in addition to Colorado going 16-4, and four, in the playoffs. They never trailed in a playoff series. And for a team that didn't really have a completely healthy lineup until game one of the playoffs, the truth of the matter is they were really fighting against themselves and their, and their ghosts of the past because it was a huge disappointment what happened in 21 when uh, they, got, they got eliminated uh, by, the, by the Golden Knights, right? They have a player by the name of Gabriel Linskog. He oversimplified it. He said basically that the secret to success is getting a bunch of kales. <laughs> yeah, that's humble, okay? He's referring to Kale McCarr, the unanimous winner of the Conn Smythe Trophy. And I think he's, how old is this guy? 23, 24 years old? And so give some credit again to their general manager, Joe Sackett. He essentially concocted the perfect combination of core players that made it through to the other side after just not that long ago having 48 points in an entire season. What's interesting is there may never be another team quite like Colorado again in the salary cap era because they took full advantage of their star players like Nathan McKinnon 
in their prime on bargain contracts. So that allowed them to, you know, sign other players and, and they had depth. And, uh, you know, there were all kinds of memorable moments from Condry's. He had a big winning overtime goal in game four that put Colorado, you know, really put them over the hump for the cup because in that situation, instead of going down three to one, it could have been two, two with Tampa Bay. And I don't think Colorado wanted to be in that position. And then Nathan McKinnon comes out and has a hat trick in game five against St. Louis. And, you know, this is the type of team they had, they had stars, but they had plumbers and pipe fitters. They had grinders. They had guys who who did what it took to win. You hear about players playing the game the right way. They played the game the right way. Uh, you know what does that mean? You play hard. You play smart. You play unselfish. They also stuck up. Colorado also stuck up for their goalie Darcy Kemper, who made a couple of really clutch third period saves to sort of calm everybody's nerves and preserve the victory. Kemper did not have a great playoff, but when it mattered most, he made the saves. He had the worst winning, uh, check that, the worst save percentage of any winning Stanley Cup goaltender in 45 years. But that's part of the Avs' dominance, okay? The team averaged four and a half goals per game in the playoffs. That's incredible. They were scoring goals like nobody's business. And even though they didn't always have great goaltending, when it mattered, they had great goaltending. So... Give it up to Stan Kroenke, who's had quite a year. He, he owns the Colorado Avalanche, and he owns the L.A. Rams. And uh, how was your day, Stan? And what was his comment after the Stanley Cup Finals? That's amazing. Let's do it again. Well, here you go. Colorado's going to have all the ammunition to be right back in it next year. Coming up, Chris Perfett's World of Soccer. But first... Let's go back to Brian Finley with the latest. Yes, Bernie, baseball is where we begin, and the Dodgers are a game away from sweeping the Padres after getting it done on Saturday, 7-2. to And now L.A. has vaulted themselves to a four-and-a-half-game lead, four lead for first in the NL West over San Diego, who has dropped 14 out of their last 15 meetings against Los Angeles. The Yankees sweep in a doubleheader the Guardians. The Rays do just that against the Blue Jays. The Braves get it done against the Reds 4-1. The Astros bamboozle the Angels 9-1 thanks in large part to Houston hitting those five home runs. The Cardinals hit four consecutive jacks as they hold on against the Phillies 7-6. The Rangers plaster the Mets 7-3. Cole Calhoun two homers, four RBI. The Cubs able to sneak past the Red Sox 3-1. Boston was dealt two errors. In UFC 276 Israel Adesanya beat Jared Cannonier by unanimous decision to retain the middleweight crown. Another footnote from the event from Vegas was Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Yes, he was beat down by submission by Jim Miller, but Cerrone surprised folks when he announced afterwards that he was going to retire and that he's going to now head to Hollywood and, in his words, be a movie star, baby. The Pelicans signed Williamson agreeing to a max rookie extension. It's a five-year, $193 million deal. Incentives can take this up to $231 million. As far as golf, two events 
were played on the men's side on Saturday. The John Deere Classic on the PGA Tour through three rounds after Saturday's third round. It's JT Poston at minus 19. He posted a 67 on Saturday. Is able to hold on right now to a three-shot lead. He had a 62 on Thursday, but he'll try to finish things off later on today when he tees off just before 2 p.m. Eastern time from Illinois. And then Brandon Grace, someone we talked about earlier on the show, he wins the Live Tour event, which took place just outside of Portland, Oregon, and was that tour's first event inside the United States. With that, let's get it back to Bernie Frado in Las Vegas. All right, thank you, Brian. All right, at this time every week, uh, Chris Perfett brings us his notations in the world of soccer, and a big name, a big name has requested that he wants out for Man United. Chris Perfett has all the details. That's right, Bernie. I feel like the first soccer segment we did on the world of soccer was about this man. It's only fitting we keep going back to him. Cristiano Ronaldo. So July 1st was the opening date for the summer transfer window in UEFA soccer. The Premier League's window had been open a little bit before that, and we had some agreements in principle as because of that. But everyone else has now opened up. And on the 2nd of July, we got the news that Cristiano Ronaldo has told Manchester United that he wants to be moved this summer. Which, this is this is fascinating for a lot of ways. Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously one of the great players of all time, we're kind of reaching the end of his career, much like we're reaching the end of Lionel Messi's career, the two dueling greats. We're starting to see the next generation taking the, taking the mantles from them. But Ronaldo has played on a lot of different teams lately. We talked about when he left Juventus to come to Manchester United, but that marriage was not happy at all. He played, uh, I believe, he played three, three, four full seasons with Juventus after playing for Real Madrid. The Manchester United reunion was not happy. We talked about how Manchester United once again failed to make the Champions League. And now Ronaldo, at near the end of his career, in the final years as he is, he's, go, he's you know, in his upper 30s. He, he wants to play for Champions League titles. He wants to play at the top. So Manchester United, probably not in those cards. I have the numbers here for the, the for his next club, the odds for his next club who could be up here. The favorites right now, Bernie, are uh, this is from Skybet. The favorite right now is Bayern Munich, Germany's Bayern Munich of the Bundesliga. They make a lot of sense. They just picked up Sadio Mane from Liverpool this summer as well. They currently would have to probably move on from Robert Lewandowski to make this move, but. I know Lewandowski is probably at a point where he wants to move on from Bayern Munich as well. So right now at 3-1, to one, Bayern Munich leads the way. It would uh, Ronaldo has not played in Bundesliga before. It is a fascinating league. However, Bayern Munich usually cleans up and wins the domestic title. So Bayern's a great club to just, you know, if you're chasing a Champions League, shoo him in right there. Staying in, in England, Chelsea at 8-1 to one is a good odds. They just reached a new ownership this summer with thanks to the sale forced over uh, Abramovich, which, you know, Russian national. And Chelsea kind of had a disappointing year, but they're still in the Champions League. Roma is also 8-1. to one Yes, to that's Sky, where but, I want him to go. Which Play for our guy, Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho, my squad. I am a. I have watched Roma my entire life. They just won. Here's here's the, here's the kink to uh, Roma, though, and why I don't think that's going to happen. They'll be playing in Europa League this year. They won't be playing in the Champions League. However, like Roma has been tied to a rumors on a lot of different 
big stars. I remember they were they were tied to a lot of rumors for Gareth Bale. Jose Mourinho is a magnetic force that just pulls names into his orbit, and Ronaldo should know Mourinho from his work with Portugal as well. So also on this list here, 14-1, to Paris Saint-Germain. That would be fascinating to have him with Lionel Messi. I don't think that will happen, though. That might be almost a little too rich for that club's blood, and they would get in trouble with FIFA fair play rules. But I don't think we'll get the all-star hurrah there with PSG, but that would be very fascinating. Could a Real Madrid reunion be in the cards? At 16-1, to Real Madrid is on the list here, and we could see you know Real Madrid, the reigning Champions League you know, title holders over the thrilling victories they had. Football heritage and everything. Ronaldo could go back to comfortable grounds and rejo- rejoin Real Madrid. I, As you see, it's down the list here. I think Real Madrid, they've lost, they lost Gareth Bale and they've lost, lost some pieces, but they are still Real Madrid. And I feel like they don't really want to do... The problem with Ronaldo at this point, too, is it's very temperamental how it's worked out. He's kind of declined a little bit in goal production as well. I don't know if an aging Ronaldo is someone that Madrid really wants. And then finally, 20 to 1, the next one up is Sporting, a club that plays in the. They will be playing in the Premier League. The reason they're on here is this would be if Ronaldo decides to go back to Portugal, to the Portuguese Liga. They would be a shoe in straight away to the Champions. They're playing in the Champions League this year to be a shoe in, but. At 20 to 1, it's not going to be a super team. It would be kind of a homecoming for him. But that's where we stand with Ronaldo right now. It's a, once again, another summer where Ronaldo is on the move. I, I'm curious how you feel about this, Bernie. There's a lot of fascinating names out there for Ronaldo. He's the headliner as this transfer window opens up. Yeah, I think you can pick a spot. I don't know. You mentioned some of the ramifications in the leagues he wants to play in versus the leagues that might be available. So I would just say this. Week to week, you never know what the report's going to be and what breaking – my biggest takeaway is what breaking news will happen in the world of soccer next week? We we didn't know this last week that we're not going to want it out of Man U. Right? So so what happens next week? And it's a World Cup year, so I guess – We've come to expect that that's where soccer lives. Yeah, it, Chris, we get to we get to call this every year. It's called crazy season. It's called silly season. It is. Yeah. Like there's so many weird rumors. A lot of European newspapers put out insane things. Like Gareth Bale wants to go to Roma before he ends up with LAFC. Like this is just week to week. What happens now yeah. that the window is open? So much money flies around. So many players are just on the move, and so many clubs stand a profit from sometimes from selling players because they get you know cash cash options in return for. A lot of us good stuff chris we'll have it again next week my vote goes to roma i'd like to see him reunited with jose marino i think they had a pass good stuff chris coming up we wrap up the show and i give a special tribute to how we celebrate the fourth of july here in the good old usfa usa wow easy for me to say i'm bernie fratto coming to you live from the las vegas fox sports radio studios keep it locked right here you're listening to fox sports sunday and fox sports radio Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. We're back on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. We wrap up the show. Before I go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles. They've been with me since 11 p.m. Pacific on Saturday night. That would be Brian Finley on the updates. Ricky Herrera and Chris Perfett turning all the dials, keeping us glued together. Could not do this show 
without the great teamwork. Thanks so much, guys. couple bits of business. I'm going to get to the hot dog eating contest and what you need to know so you can get ready for Monday. And speaking of Monday, Monday is July 4th. It's a holiday in which we celebrate our freedom from Great Britain. And there are so many ways to do it, and I'd like to share with you now how we celebrate our freedom from Great Britain. You see, in America, we are no longer under the British. We are free from the British. We can celebrate our freedom by, first of all, giving the finger to the metric system. We don't use the metric system. You're not going to eat a 30.5-centimeter hot dog. You're going to eat a foot-long hot dog. You're not going to drink a .48-liter beer. You're going to drink a 16-ounce beer. Yes, we are kick-ass. We're going to eat apple pie, even though we didn't invent apple pie. That was Geoffrey Chaucer, 1391, back in London. And we didn't invent hot dogs either. Well, I hate to tell you, we didn't invent it, but we, we kind of claim it for our own because we're, we're badass in the good old USA of A. We've even got a hot dog contest, even though we didn't invent the hot dog. That was from Vienna back in the 1500s. But back to the metric system. Hey, you're going to enjoy a 95-degree day. You're not going to enjoy a 26-Celsius day. Can you imagine Ray Bradbury, instead of Fahrenheit 451, writing Celsius 232? Come on, get out of here with that noise. And you know what? Maybe you'll take it a movie. Maybe you'll take it a movie over the holiday. Yes, and at our movie theaters, you can go get one of those industrial-sized boxes of popcorn that could feed a family of 23 and get with it a giant industrial-sized Coke. Get the both of the two for $39.95. And that's not to share. That's just for you. You don't share that with anybody. By the way, don't forget your free refills. Maybe you'll stop at a Starbucks on the way home. And if the line's too long, don't worry. There's another Starbucks just six feet away. This is America. You're free to celebrate the 4th of July your way. And yeah, I get it. We didn't invent the hot dog, and we didn't invent apple pie, and we gave our middle finger to the metric system. But I will tell you this. There are a lot of things we did invent in America, like the martini, the Etzel, the how about air conditioning? How about airbags? How about the airplane? And remember, while I'm at it, let's give an homage to the Wright brothers. Two wrongs don't make a right, but two rights did make an airplane. Chris, great job on the music bed. And oh, by the way, happy 4th of July to everybody. And one of the things you need to do is watch the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. That starts Monday at noon Eastern there at Coney Island. Now, here's what's really cool. Because you've got Joey Chestnut. You can bet on this stuff, man. Joey Chestnut, he set his brand new world record, 76 hot dogs in 2021, 75 hot dogs in 2020. And... uh the over-under, if you want to bet Joey Chestnut, is 74.5 on hot dogs. It's shaded to the over, minus 140, which means the odds are that he will go over 74.5 hot dogs, and I believe he will. And just to win the contest, well, Joey Chestnut is a pretty prohibitive favorite. He's minus 3,000, which means you'd have to bet about $30 just to win a dollar, okay? Maybe not great odds where you can take the field, but good luck with that. See, Joey's been warming up. Just this past few months, he's he's down to 12-pound deli sandwich, 200 pieces of sushi, uh, what you call the beast of the ramen noodle challenge, 272 chicken wings, and oh, by the way, 50 hard-boiled eggs, just like Paul Newman did in in uh, 
in that great movie with Lee Marvin back in the 60s that I talked about a couple of hours ago, Cool Hand Luke. Now, something interesting you're going to see Monday. Joey Chestnut might be on crutches. Yeah, I think he's got a broken leg and a torn tendon. He's not telling people how he got the injury. Word has it, I think he was helping a friend move a few months ago. But that's not going to stop him. As a matter of fact, I think Joey Chestnut's more motivated than ever he talks about, he says, hey, I don't eat with my leg, so watch this guy go to town, man. I think he's ready. I think he's ready to set a new rec- world record. Now, one of the things that is a key consideration that's often overlooked every year are the eating conditions. Not making this up, folks. See, the sports books and odds makers, this is the sharpest they've ever been in history with all the information they have. The truth of the matter is, not being funny here, weather conditions can be a key determinative factor that propels an eater to go over or under their predicted number because these numbers are tight it's not always so easy so here's the kicker the weather forecast for Coney Island New York on July 4th is projected to be a little bit hotter than last year but right on par with average temperatures for this time of the year on noon Monday they're expecting it to be about 84 degrees there'll be about a 40 percent cloud cover you'll get a little bit of relief there only 55% humidity. Now, if you've ever lived east of the Mississippi, that's not a lot of humidity. I, I lived back in back east for 17 years and dealt with all the winters and summers. 55% is not a lot of humidity. And there's also less than a 3% chance of precipitation. See, these are very suitable eating conditions because the belief is that the humidity wears out the eaters and makes them tired faster but the cooler the the the, the less humidity makes the food a little bit tighter makes it go down easier so i expect joey chestnut to go over 74 and a half hot dogs minus 140 to win 100 now there's also a woman's competition and the favorite is even a bigger favorite than joey chestnut her name is mickey sudo she resides right here in las vegas she's actually Minus 5,000, which means if you want to bet her just to win the competition, you got to put up like $50 just to win $1. Or if you think you're saucy and you're lucky, you take the field plus 1,100. Everybody else but Mickey Sudo, good luck with that. Because much like Joey Chestnut, Mickey Sudo comes in at about a 99% probability of winning the women's side of the contest. Now, There are a couple of detractors out there because she's returning to the contest this year after taking a year off because she was giving birth. She had childbirth. She was pregnant last year. But this is not a person to mess with when it comes to eating. And if you look at her other major league eating events throughout 2022, Sudo has been back on the trail and very active. And not only very active, she's representing pretty well these are some of the contests that mickey sudo and by the way not for nothing again she's minus five thousand to win the contest her over under on hot dogs is 49 and a half now that's shaded to the under meaning they believe she'll be under 225 minus 225 under 49 and a half over 49 and a half brings you plus 155 but hey what's she done this year the egg roll eating championship she finished second she ate 29 egg rolls, but the one who finished third only ate 14. How about the 2022 World Donut Eating Championship? Sudo finished first out of all the men and women, eating 39 and a half donuts in eight minutes. 
How about that half a donut? How about the 2022 Pepperoni Roll Eating Championship? Pseudo finished second. She ate 28 pepperoni rolls. She ate 221 donut holes in eight, win- in eight minutes to win that competition, beating the next closest competitor by 75 and not for nothing. The World Texas Sausage Eating Championship. She ate 41 sausages in 10 minutes. Enjoy your July 4th. And have a little nosh. That's going to do it. I'm Bernie Fratto. Thanks so much for listening. Fox Sports Sunday and Fox Sports Radio continues. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.